You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 97, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and the Netflix. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I was just watching a classic film called The Deer Hunter. If you don't know, I'm a classic actor. Christopher Walken, I fanboy, pick the week podcast. Every week, our reviewers, Connor Josh, and the other one, Ron, who review a comic book, and they put it up on the podcast. This, but before long, there's spoilers, so if you haven't read your comic, you should. They're good. Now, I have to go, but remember, I should have seen Hairspray in theaters everywhere now. All right, goodbye. Wow, so the uh, celebrity intro That's our first one. That's our first one. It's amazing. So, um, Unless you count Franklin Richards. Yeah, true. So um, just to remind everybody, um, if you want to submit an intro, you can email us at an MP3 or a wave to contact at ifanboy.com, or you can always call the voicemail, one eight 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 fanboys um, and, se- and send in the intro. We love it when you guys do that, and so we really appreciate it. Um, so as Christopher Walken mentioned, there are spoilers, so be careful. And before we hand off to Connor, um, as you guys might have mentioned last uh, – might have remembered last week, uh, Josh is uh, out on vacation. Uh, and so last week, Connor and I did it solo, but this week we kind of missed the threesome action, so we thought we'd invite a good friend of ours. <laughs> so um, I'd like to introduce Tom from Around Comics, Tom yeah, Caters. Yeah, I like to swap. I like to swap podcasters. It's real easy to make the, the crossover joke, but we're going to make the wife-swapping joke. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's harder to do, and it's funnier to less people. <laughs> so anyway, so welcome Tom. I'm sure it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, with I'm, you on board. I've already cried and left, so <laughs> I'm ready. All right, cool. So um, Connor, you had the pick this week, so take it away. I had the pick. I had a lot of books. I had like 14 or 15 books, and I I read half of the stack, and then I went off with um, Ron to a party, and uh, we were talking at the party about our books, and it was just like nothing really impressed me, but I thought Buffy was really good. Um, and that was my early favorite. And I went and read the rest of the stack, and nothing was really that impressive in the rest of the stack. And the more I read the books, the more I really liked Buffy, the more I thought about it. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number six, is the pick of the week for the week. Um, this is the first issue that Joss Whedon is not writing. It's Brian K. Vaughn is, is doing the uh, arc about faith. And if, if you haven't seen the show, you're probably going to be somewhat confused by all of this, but... I know, Ron. You did you watch any of the show? Yeah, it's, it's safe to um, it would probably give everybody an update. Um, after reading Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight issue number one, I said, "Wow, I really want to get into the show." And one of our great listeners um, actually sent me the box set, Jeez. and uh, I know, can you isn't it crazy? It was so generous of him, and was, I thank you very much again. You but. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally on eBay. No, I'm kidding. Um, I am making my way through it, albeit slowly, but um, I am getting... Th- I haven't reached Faith yet, though. You haven't so encountered I, Faith, so you don't know anything I haven't, about her. Tom, have I you haven't. watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I have not seen any of it whatsoever. I know the characters' <laughs> names, and I know the general idea. Did you read this comic? <laughs> yes, I did. Were you completely confused and lost? Uh, well, I mean, it was Pygmalion with vampires right. for most of it. But the parts, uh, I mean, the parts with uh, Buffy and Xander, I, mm-hmm. that was, I didn't understand 
what that was about. The rest of it, I mean, was simple enough to understand. Yeah, I thought you know, I got well, the gist of it. Well, I think I think um, I think both Weed and, and now Brian K. Vaughn have done a good job with making this accessible to people who might not have watched the show. As long as you understand, I mean, the concept is there in the title. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Yeah. You know, and admittedly, it was confusing when it first started, but like with this one, I mean, I understood from the get-go. I mean, you you, you got the feeling of who the who the Faith character was, and they, they almost laid it out almost in a in a very easy to follow. You know, you know, here's the here's the problem, here's the solution, here's what we need to do. Right. You know, that sort of. One thing, great you know. thing about this book. Um, was it reminded me because I read Why the Last Men in Trades, so I don't get regular fixes of Brian Kavon, and um, it reminded me a how much I really really love his comic books and how how much he really understands how to tell a story, and just how it, it, just, it crackles, you know, these his, his books, and yep. um, this really made me miss him. I mean, it's great that he's doing Lost, and it's good for him, and I you know it's, it seems to have reinvigorated the show. And I don't know how much it's done to him, but it's whatever the case may be, but his comics are so good, and I, I miss them so much. Um, and, what, and the other... Are, are you okay? Well, it <laughs> sounds like it really upsets you. It doesn't... <laughs> you should try writing him a letter. I will. Tell him how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> There's a stalker joke in there that's probably... <laughs> you could make, yeah. Um, uh, and I think this, this issue of, of Buffy has been, I think, the best one. The first arc was written by Joss Whedon himself, who created Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and... Um, it was it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But this is the first one I really really liked a lot. I think because Faith is sort of separate from the from the cast, and I didn't watch the last half of this series, so I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on in the beginning. I still don't necessarily, but um, Faith is pretty much an autonomous unit. She's the she's the black sheep of the Slayer's family. She was the um, replacement for Buffy when Buffy died momentarily. As soon as the Slayer dies, the her replacement is summoned. And Faith was summoned, and then Buffy came back. So there's two of them, and then now there's. And she's a, and she's a bit of a badass, right? And she's the badass Boston chick who's you know had a rough childhood, rough life, and she she will kill humans as well as uh, vampires. You know, yeah. which is why Giles in this issue calls upon her to take out a rogue vampire slayer because now there's thousands of them. Right. And uh, but first he's got to in the Pygmalion My Fair Lady twist teach her how to in- infiltrate high uh, English society, and she's. Yeah as far from high English society as you could possibly imagine. Yeah. There's, a, there's a scene when he's trying to teach her, like, kind of table manners and that sort of thing, and, and he touches her, and it triggers a, a flashback, I guess, to her earlier in her life or something like that, and then she stabs him in the arm with a salad fork, which honestly made me go laugh, like, laugh out loud, because I love... That. They cut that out of My Fair Lady, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the part that they cut out. But the, the stabbing with a fork is always funny. But, it's funny, so, but also, it's, it, 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 it darkens up the scene that's for, so familiar, you know. Everyone yeah. knows the, which one's the salad fork scene and the, you know, teach the, the rough-and-tumble girl the, the final ways of life. But this, you know, in this one, he, she, he, she stabs someone with it. Yeah, Which, I, I also I also thought it was in, uh, interesting, both in the darkness, but also in the way Brian K. Vaughan kind of, you know, got a little edgy with some of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an oral sex joke. There was a, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of little, you know, like, and it kind of played up to her kind of badassness where you assume that she, you know, kills vampires and has sex a lot and, and is, like, kind of wild child type thing. There's but, a, um... There's also a ACDC joke and a Pink Floyd joke. Yeah, yep, yeah, I picked up on the Pink Floyd one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was interesting. I was, I was impressed like you were, Connor. That, well, one that thing Vaughn, is clear from this book is Vaughn... A, loved the show, and B, really, really knows the characters. Because I think in some ways um, they're written better than they were by Whedon, which is strange because he, he created them all. 
Um, but I think I think Bond's sort of discon- you know being not Josh Sweden helps in that sense. He can he, he can take a fresh look at the characters in the dialogue and and not come from such an inside place with them. But that but that's the thing is that like because uh, I'm watching the show now from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, Whedon didn't write every episode of the show. No, but yes, he, he, yes, he was the showrunner and he he oversaw it. But he's got he must have over you know, he must have oversaw his script and everything like that. But other people can write these characters. And I, I mean, online I know a lot of the reaction is people have been freaking out that Whedon didn't write this. Like he's got to write everything that has to do with Buffy. And it's good to see that somebody else can step in, of course, of BKV's ca- caliber and write a good issue. Um, in fact, better than the I think the the previous arc. You know? Yeah. So. Well, I, I think it's I mean the character dynamics aren't anything that you know is unusual to fiction so i mean it's the sort of touch with how to make as connor said dialogue sparkle you know is what separates this from other things that you'll read and buffy is also very comic book influenced the show uh so this is sort of the snake eating the tail sort of scenario where we've come full we've come around and now the the show is now comic which is what it was influenced by in the first place i Remember we talked to uh, Ed Brubaker, and he, he was saying before the interview that he was playing the Buffy video game, and when he realized that Buffy was basically Spider-Man. With, you know... With, with the, the snappy banter. Snappy and banter stuff, yeah. the high school kid with the powers, and, and you know... And yeah. uh, the Angel TV show was very much Batman. Very, very much. Yeah. Uh, from the 90s. Interesting. With the whole Bat family and everything. And so, I just think this is great. I, I'm really excited for the rest of this arc, and looking forward... Um, Joss is coming back, and then plus some of the some of the show writers are going to write some arcs. So this is this is this is good stuff, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that you mentioned you know, missing Brian K. Vaughn, and I think like I know the X Machina special came out like a week or two ago, and yeah. um, I think that from you know I don't know if just because of the lost influence or whatever, but like Vaughn has kind of been, you know he's off of Runaways. I feel like X Machina is kind of on autopilot sometimes. Um, you know, like he, they're really good, but like we talked about this before, Connor, how it just doesn't, it's not like amazingly good, it's just consistently good, you know, and Wise kind of ending, and it's good to see him approach something with the same kind of energy or vigor that he did, like Runaways when it first started, and, and you know, that reminds us of how good he actually is, or the, the escapist last year that we loved, you know, so, um, I don't know. I also think there's heavy, there's heavy concepts in, in Ex Machina. Yeah, this is just yeah. fun. Yeah. So well, there's sort of, Ex Machina has like a lot of inertia in every storyline. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of room to move out of whatever issue it's talking about. So it kind of, you know, where you know what it's going to be for five issues. It's going to be yeah. about smoking and time travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. You know, so there isn't, I think, a, a lot of room to go plot-wise other places. Right. I mean, he's, it, it, there's a lot of scenes in the in the mayor's office. So that's it's not it's, it's good that he gets to. Do the fun adventure funny book. All right, so that was the pick. So, um, so we thought we'd break the show up this week into um, Marvel and DC before we move forward. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's probably hard not to move forward in the podcast without discussing probably the the most anticipated book of the week, um, the Amazing Spider-Man number five forty four. I actually bought this, and I never buy Spider-Man. Ugh. I was curious. I was curious because because Tom, you're you're kind of a from what I understand, you're a you you're more of a DC by nature, but also kind of come have brought over to Marvel here and there. Yeah, Is that I, accurate, I like or? a lot of the like C list Marvel characters. You know, yeah. I, I, I get Iron Fist. I mean, Captain America is not C list, but I, I think he's right. written fantastic. I I kind of like the fringes of the Marvel, but I was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll pick up Spider Man. I've I, from from what I expected from. Uh, I've heard people complain about JMS. I expected Spider-Man to be, you know, killing dogs or something. <laughs> so, I picked it up, and I, I didn't think it was... I, I've seen people who hated it, but I, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, well, maybe that's because I haven't read a lot of it recently, and people are bored by the same story, I guess, but... Right. 
Well, Ron, you've been consistently reading it through the entire run, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and, and and just to bring people up to speed who might not be reading it as well, um, this is the first issue of the One More Day story arc, which is written by JMS. It's his last story arc on Spider-Man, and he's been on it for, for you know what? It's been Jesus. It's been, it's been over seven years. years yeah. se- seven years. Yeah, like back the, to back to two thousand one. Yeah, it's like the Brett Favre uh, of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah he is. Can't um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but didn't Favre win a lot? Well, JMS hasn't won anything in my mind. <laughs> but um, so it's it's the it's JMS's last written storyline, and Joe Casada is doing the art on on the four issues, which is kind of a big deal because he never do, he never draws anymore because he's you know big wig editor in chief guy. Um, so yeah, so and where what basically what we've got is because Spider Man unmasked and his identity became public, uh, Kingpin sought revenge and ha- hired an assassin who ended up shooting Aunt May. And now Aunt May's been in the hospital. And the last story arc, the one that kind of infuriated everybody, was that um, Aunt May uh, um, had to be moved into a new hospital because they couldn't afford it. And so it was a very Fletch-like um, maneuver where they where they, they steal an ambulance and Peter pretends to be an orderly. And it was just it was bizarre. Um, and so now this issue picks up where she's in the new hospital and um, they're again being told that if you don't have money, there's nothing we can do about her. And so what happens is that Peter then breaks into the Avengers Tower and attacks Iron Man, demanding that he pay for her care. Um, and Iron Man, of course, then denies it, says, I can't, you know, I should be arresting you, I can't help you. Um, and then, um, but then Jarvis comes into the hospital and, and agrees to pay for Aunt May's care. And that's He's in love with Aunt May, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. And, so. and that, that's the one thing that I thought the one good thing, well, I guess overall impressions was that this was awful. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't it? Wasn't it the same exact? I mean, from what I'm hearing, I didn't read. I read Spider-Man during Civil War, and I dropped that when that ended. So I haven't been reading. Yeah. What, from what I've heard, isn't this the same exact story as the last like four issues? Yeah. It yes, it's that. Four, yes, it it's been very redundant. It's been she's sick. We need to do something. What are we going to do? The hospital won't help us. They're mysterious. But the thing is, is that finally. It's almost like this is a story that should have been happening because what happened was is that um, – and Connor, you were very critical of the last issue because you were upset that they were you – know, they, they checked May in as, as May. Yeah, they're um, under assumed well, names and no yeah, one knows. May Riley, yeah, and Mary Jane's a supermodel. She'd be recognized. Immediately in the first um, four pages, the doctor who's caring for her says, you know, um, is, is she, they, they've checked her in under – what's the last name they did? Like Morgan, Morgan maybe? Yeah. yeah, Morgan, yeah. And within the first four pages, the doctor is telling Peter that they can't you know give her care and he says i know how you feel and peter's like you don't know how i feel he goes no actually i do i said i had a um i had an uncle who almost died two years ago in an accident but spider-man saved him and he hands him the spider-man on mass newspaper <laughs> apparently thing. i have to clean out his office in about a year and a half <laughs> exactly he has well, he's, he's a secret like newspaper hoarder <laughs> exactly <laughs> but so you finally had a doc you finally had it like he was recognized and so the doctor says i'll do whatever i can because you helped my uncle out that pretty much lasts it's about an hour. Right. Yeah, <laughs> See, yeah, exactly. Because by the time Peter gets back to the hospital, Mays, Mary's, Mary Jane's like, they're moving her. It's like, well, I thought he'd help. I thought. <laughs> so they, they acknowledge that. And then they also, JMS, pulled in the fact that Jarvis and May had a, ro- had a romance starting in the new Avengers book. Right. So, um, and also in the Amazing Spider-Man book when they lived in the Avengers Tower. So I thought that was good. Um, other than that, it was just JMS... I had a real problem with the Jeff Loeb Fallen Sun series because I felt as if they were banging the concept over our head. It was, like, right. it was written so obviously. You know, it's like, I can't deal with this anger. 
You know, it's like, oh, I'm so, you know, like I'm in denial, you know, like it's all right, we get the idea. And I feel as if JMS is taking that obvious route again because you have lines by Peter, you know, when he's telling Mary Jane, I'll do anything. I'd even sell my soul, you know, and like, yeah, exactly. It's like, (laughs) it's this kind of foreshadowing of, and admittedly, you know, we've heard rumors about what, what's going to happen with this reboot and what's going to happen with the story. And I don't know if we want to discuss that here, if we want to even dignify the rumors or whatever, but, um, you know, something we've heard something very. What's the word I'm looking for? Rebooty, rebooty, rebooty with kind of characters who aren't street level. How's that? Yeah, nice. Um, are going to be involved, and it sounds like it's going in that direction, and it's just but in a very obvious manner. Maybe we're too inside, but I don't know. I, so, I had, uh, you know, I, overall I thought it was okay. There's two things I had a huge problem with. Um, that's the same page where the doctor reveals it, if uh, which yeah. is like page five. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Peter yeah. Parker running away from him. I'm pretty sure he has a compound fracture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple times in this book where like legs and arms look as if they've been snapped in two. Well, we, yeah. Well, weird, yeah. we have we we've been talking about the writing. We haven't even talked about the art. Yeah. Um, well, I think the, you can see that he's very rusty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, he's rusty, but I think I think the core. I used to love, you know, Casada's art when when he was a penciler. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Daredevil run. I think the Jeez. core the core skill is there. Is a couple of really fantastic panels. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the big the big spread weird. of Spider Man at the end, where he's swinging away. I thought was great. Yeah. Um, There's a few weird anatomy things that. Are, yeah, but yeah. that's like harking back to the age when he was a penciler. Yeah. Um, yeah. These some of the shadow work, like it went right on that same page with Peter and Mary Jane together, I think is great. Um, but you can see he hasn't drawn in a while. All right, you know what are you going to do? He hasn't, he's been he's been out of the my, game. My other big problem was, you know, I paid three ninety nine for the book, and there was a huge biography in the back, which uh, includes. I mean, reading the when I dropped Spider Man when I was a kid, it turns out reading the same stuff in text form is no more interesting than <laughs> the reason why I stopped reading well, it the first time. Well, I found that really interesting because I because my my apart from the story and the art, I had a real like I I I love this kind of stuff. I love this handbook yeah. to the Marvel Universe kind of bio stuff and everything. Huge stuff. And, and I th- yeah, and I thought it was really interesting to show all the costumes and that they're acknowledging the spider armor and all that kind of stuff. You know, like I, I thought that was kind of neat. But it reminds me, like I think they think that people who don't read Spider Man are going to start reading this, right? And I think they're delusional. You know, like I I, I don't know. But but my my big my biggest problem, in addition to that back section, because I I like the idea, but I thought the execution was poor. Was and this is completely getting nitpicking. I picked up the cover that was the um, the Casada cover, not the f- variant. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is possibly the worst designed comic book cover I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. I like it. A crotch shot. Yeah. Well, the the drawing itself is awkward, but like, and and is that Peter having an aneurysm at the bottom of it? I, I guess. But like, um, but like, and I, I'm a bit of a font nerd and all that kind of stuff. But the what would you do if you only had one more day was just it's just from a design standpoint. Like, if this is the most important storyline they've got going right now. It lacks well, you, all, you all the elegance they had but, with Civil Wars cover. That's not what they're doing know? with it. They're harkening yeah. back to his early times. This is a right. If you want to do throwback, that's fine. But even this looks worse than the throwback covers. But that's the point. They're throwing back yeah. to Peter is going to get rebooted to a kid. They're going to the old cover treatments. Right. No, I'm I'm okay with. I like to see the Amazing Spider-Man logo. I'm okay with that. I, I like the I like the retro idea. The execution was awful. That's the point. That's the point of me. Still only the ex- a three ninety nine thing. Kind of it's like a. Punching a teeth. Crotch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me forever because I was like, did they forget a decimal point? And then I, re- then I saw the cents sign. I was like, oh, 399 cents. Oh, okay. Awesome. I don't know. I just, thought, I just thought it was really, really poorly executed. If this is your biggest thing you need to do, you should have the top designers doing it. And, and it looks like, you know, they didn't. So it's sad. You know, but I don't know. 
All right. Well, either way, I'll be buying the next issue. So. <laughs> I, I will too, actually, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Is it four that. issues? Yeah. It's four. All right. Yeah. So we expect two more issues of uh, angst in hospital, and then. Oh, I can't believe well, May is dying again. What we can expect is what we expect is two more issues of hospital angst, and then the fourth issue will be like three months late, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cap- Captain America: The Chosen Number One. Uh, it's a dark Marvel Knights miniseries, so it's most likely out of continuity, but not necessarily. But it sure is opening the door, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's hard to say. Marvel Knights can or cannot be in continuity. They don't ever really say, you know. I thought it was in continuity, just not in like in like in between issue one and two. But it, it is can it, it reflects well, can. There's there's no they're not saying you know like Mar- because Daredevil Daredevil Casada and Kevin Smith was Marvel Knights right, but, and that was in continuity. Yeah, but like so. the the Nick the Nick Fury book wasn't in continuity and Silver Surfer Requiem wasn't that a Max book? That was a Max book though. Wasn't a Max book? The Silver Surfer Requiem wasn't in continuity and something else. Oh, it's not. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. Is this conversation in continuity? No, <laughs> I, I don't think <laughs> it, it is. Going to be retcon <laughs> in the show. Uh, David Morrell, who's the writer of the Rambo movie, the first one, I guess, or all of them. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely the first one. And some fantastic art from Mitch Breitweiser. And yeah. basically the whole story takes place in, in, in Afghanistan. And you follow a soldier through Afghanistan. And it's basically a war comic. Yeah. And there's a bit of strange cosmic Captain America action thrown into the middle of it. You don't know what's going on. Basically, in the midst of all the stress and the awfulness of war... Captain America appears to this distraught soldier and, and um, inspires him to regain his confidence and save his platoon and do these amazing things. And that Captain America may or may not have actually been there. May or may not have seen this guy's head. And, and then, but, and then, why I said it opens the door, I get the feeling that like maybe this guy is going to be the next Captain America. You know, I, I thought it was more like sort of a Captain America the end ish type. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Right. I thought it was like. I guess it can't really be set in the future, but I mean that's sort of the continuity weirdness mm-hmm. of it. But I, I thought it was sort of past what was going on now. If you're going to fit it in somewhere, yeah. Um, and on the last page, it ends. It ends with an odd Captain America is there, and he's hooked up to tubes on a shield logo, and there's like a hot doctor. And is that Reed Richards that we see the back of? Oh yeah, it's Nick Fury. I see the eye patch. I see it now. Yeah, so it's Fury. Yeah. So it can't be continuity because Fury is not with Shield. Yeah. And Cap's dead. Yeah, and weird. I still don't, you know, there's no possible way that, that anybody but Brew Baker is going to tell the Captain America story. So this right. has got to be well, out of continuity. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was good. It and was it. still good. It was still good. Though. <laughs> no, yeah, I thought it was, it was great. Still, yeah. So. I think it showed, um, you know, there's very few characters. The, the scene where Captain America sort of reveals himself to the soldier. I think there's very few com- uh, characters in comics that have that sort of symbolic power. You know, Absolutely. you could say Superman has it, you know. Maybe maybe Batman has it, Captain America has it, where they, you know, they sort of embody something so strong that they show up and it's, you know, um, very strong emotionally just to look at it. Absolutely, the reveal where he's at the door and he's bathed, yeah. bathed in the light, it's just, it's inspiring and that's, yeah. it's pretty much Cap and Superman. And Batman yeah. would have a different yeah, I don't con- think so. context. I mean, that's, we've been saying forever that. Cap is is Marvel Superman, and that's oh yeah, I mean that's that's such a something you could uh, you know could see in a you know in an old Superman movie. You know he shows up and inspires everyone, you know, Absolutely. to yeah, be the hero totally. that he could be. But I was I was actually pleasantly surprised by this book, and this was this was probably the only other um, 
close choice to be pick of the week. Wow. I really I loved the art. I thought the story was engaging. I thought it was exciting. And I thought the, the twist was interesting. I don't know where it's going or what it means. And that's that's what you can ask for in a first issue. You can ask to be excited for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and I didn't pick it up initially, but then Connor told me how good it was. I went back and picked it up, and I was very impressed. Uh, Mitch Breitweiser, Breitweiser, somebody definitely whose art I want to keep an eye on. So, yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Cool. Well, uh, the next book we want to talk about was Wolverine number 57. Um, which was the return of Mark Guggenheim to the title, along with Howard Chaikin, who actually drew the last issue. Um, and the last issue was written by Jason Aaron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we started recording, Tom asked me what I thought of the show, and I said I was going to wait, uh, what I thought of the issue, and I said I'd wait till we started recording the show. Um, but so now I'll turn around on Tom. Yes. What, did you think of, what did you think of Wolverine? I didn't like it. Really? Yeah, there's, there's, and I wouldn't say it was, it wasn't horrible. There's just yeah. there's enough things writing wise and art wise that sort of bothered me that I'm probably not going to pick up the next issue. You know, uh, basically, um, well, story wise, Wolverine gets he is finding this new Hydra like group called the Scimitar, which is like a mid eastern terrorist group, and there yeah. he finds evidence they're going to attack Tony Stark, and uh, he goes and rushes to the helicarrier. Um, Art-wise, you know, I really like Chicken's old stuff, but some of, you know, in this book, some of the panels look really good, and some of them look kind of, like, amateurish, I hate to yep, say yeah. it. There's weird, yeah. really weird anatomy stuff, like arms bending in a weird way, and people whose legs look really tiny and torsos look huge. I did notice some weird perspective stuff, especially with the claws. Yeah. Yeah. Where the arms yeah. look the same length as the claws. And yeah, or the claws look really tiny when you know they're bigger than that. You should just do a talking yeah. head book because he does fantastic faces. Well, yeah, that's he does, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is, I was gonna say like I know I'm in I'm in the minority, and like I agree with you that there were problems with the art, but like I loved it. Like I love Chaikin being on this book. Um, I, I thought the la- I didn't get the chance to talk about the last issue because I picked I picked it up late. Well, why don't you the- say what you liked about it before I say what I dislike? Well, yeah. Well, what I liked about it was an, what, what I what I liked about it initially was the story was I thought Guggen, it was great to see Guggenheim back. I liked how it touches upon the history of Wolverine with showing him in World War One, which is, that's that's something that the old Wolverine solo title used to have. They used to do like these kind of quick flashbacks to his life and his experience, like him in the uh, you know in the Spanish Revolutionary War against Franco and now in World War One that sort of thing. Um, what I didn't like, though, was like you said, some of the problems with Chaikin's art and the scimitar, this this villain at the end that he's fighting, looked like a, a Street Fighter Two character, <laughs> uh, or or, or crossed with the GI Joe character, or um, their ship looked like the Sky Pirate ship from um, <laughs> Tail uh, Tailspin. Yes, I did like the setup of the issue, and I like the World War One stuff. And uh, now yeah. it's my turn to get real nitpicky. Um, the one thing that bothered me was, you know, the whole issue, it's written in such a way to sort of emphasize the fact that Logan has, like, a fantastic sense of smell. And then he yeah. gets into a room with someone disguised as Tony Stark, and he can't smell that it's not Tony Stark. That, like, bothered me. And I know it's really nitpicky, but it just yeah, but- jumped right out to me for some reason, you know. Yeah, you're right. They made a point of that, too, yeah. which is weird, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I thought the setup, I thought, uh, besides the fact that... Their um, giant dirigible had to have been shaped exactly like the helicarrier <laughs> for him to know how to get through it. <laughs> and it looked like the Sky Pirates base. I mean, I, I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was. 
it's intriguing. It was an intriguing setup for a storyline, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I thought the end had an interesting ending. There were two weird things I felt. One was uh, this his the new love of his life uh, dies. Yeah. Eh, okay, whatever. Keep fighting. Like he doesn't really doesn't really impact him anyway. Doesn't even seem to be used doesn't... to that. Yeah, I guess he is, but at the same time, it's kind of like he just kind of dumps her body to the side and keeps him moving on. <laughs> yeah. uh, time, we only got 22 pages. Yeah. <laughs> no time to mourn. Uh, or even just react. She's like, oh, yeah. she's dead. Uh, and I thought the, the bomb in the chest explosion was much more of an interesting cliffhanger than, he's brain dead! Like, yeah. that, that was like the, oh, shit. They should have ended on that explosion. The oh, that's shit what moment, should, yeah. as opposed yeah. to, oh, he's that brain dead? Page. Well, that's weird. Like, I don't yeah. really find that compelling. But hey, you know, you gotta love the zombie Wolverine cover. <laughs> yeah, that would, I get, yeah, is that a spoiler for the next issue? <laughs> I was like, what the hell Brains. is that inside the book? God, I'm so sick of Arthur Sidem. I'm sorry, I'm done with it, you know? like I'm, He yeah, used I'm to not. do stuff besides zombies. Uh, now apparently he can't. Do you think he zombie. hates zombies? He's sitting there with his easel like, god damn, another zombie one. <laughs> Someone asked, he's like, hey, can I get a Wolverine? And he's like, awesome. Oh, zombie Wolverine. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I, I, you know, Guggenheim did that fantastic Civil War run, so I, I, yeah. I will... You respect trust, that? I will trust in him to read the next one. If this has just been anybody, I probably wouldn't have bought the next one, but... Yeah. yeah. It felt like a dream sequence to me, almost. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. like, a weird elements, I guess, because it could only make sense in a dream on some level. <laughs> 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 not, to be, not, to, not to be nitpicky. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before before we move on, um, I wanted to move up. Uh, Tom, you you when we were talking about planning for the show, you yeah. wanted to talk about Modox Eleven. Yes, as we talked about, we were in the Marvel section of the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, but I gotta admit, I was very curious. Did that come out this week? Or? Yes. Which issue? Three. Three. Or? Yes. Oh, damn it! Okay, I guess the store sold out, or they didn't even get it. Uh, if people <laughs> haven't been reading it, it's by um. Ron's a big by- fan of Modox Eleven. I love Modoc. I think it's I think it's funny. It's by uh, Fred Van Lenti, who if um, yep. he also has written Action Philosophers, if anyone yes. has read that, um, with artists by uh, Francis Portello. Uh, yeah. It's just it's pretty much Ocean's Eleven recast with Marvel C list villains, D list villains, and it's got a great sense of humor. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue and backstabbing, and I think that the strength of a book like this is you can make C list character C list villains lovable, but still make them villains. Which I think they right. take advantage of, fancy, you know, really in this book a lot. And the art style is sort of like um, a more comical McNiven. Yes, like, yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah. the facial expression—it's played up for the comedy portions. Uh, yeah. But I mean, what other book are you getting to see Armadillo and Puma and Rocket Racer and, and the Chameleon, sp- yep, and, Chameleon yeah, yeah. spot? Um, yeah. And it—it it made me laugh. Ment- Mentallo. Mental. Oh yeah, I love mental. It's great. Yeah. It's, it, it's definitely it's definitely totally made for the 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 C, the person who likes the C list or the Marvel zombie. Um, I know I picked up the first issue and I was actually somewhat disappointed with it, but then not knowing the third one and then I wasn't going to pick it up. But knowing you want to talk about this, I picked up the second issue and read it. I still got attracted on the third, but the second issue was way better than the first. I thought the I thought. third got way yeah. better. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Totally agree. My one complaint is that I know they're going with the Ocean's Eleven theme, but like it's hard to keep track of everyone at, yes. at, during it. You know, so um, I don't know, but. That, that's There's no Don Cheadle. Yes, yeah, so Don Cheadle always makes it better. So, all right. So, um, but if you wanted to catch up on Modox Eleven, you could go to Jim Hanley's Universe, uh, which is one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. 
Um, they are located in New York City in two locations, and they've got everything from mainstream to manga to mini comics to indie stuff. They've got everything you need. Um, so if you come to New York City, you should definitely head over to um, uh, Jim Hanley's Universe at uh, 33rd Street, across the street from the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan. Or you can go to 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. Um, and when you go, be sure to tell them that iFanboy sent you. And um, you can go check them out on the web at jhuniverse.com, or you can go to MySpace at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe and friend them and message them, tell them you heard about it on iFanboy. Um, they are super cool folks, and um, they're going to be the host of our 100th episode, actually, so it's going to be pretty cool. Congratulations. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, well. All right, so, um, yeah, so Jim Hanley's Universe, where art and literature meet. <laughs> So speaking of art and literature, um, I did not pick up the Black Canary, Black Canary Wedding Planner. I'm shocked because you're a big uh, Green Arrow, pro Green Arrow I'm fan. a big Green Arrow fan, and I love the specials, but I wasn't going to get suckered. Why? Because I had a feeling it was going to be bad. It wasn't it was bad. bad. It was really good. Yeah. Really? It was, I mean, it was exactly what it said it was. So, yeah. I mean, it yeah. wasn't shocking. I thought it was kind of funny. It was, it was enjoyable. The, the, I thought the only downside, I thought the art was really wonky in parts, and that's the only thing that kept me from really, really loving the book. But other than that, I thought it was really clever. You know, it was, you know, the stress preparing for a wedding while you're also fighting crime, and, you know. Was, I, I like yeah. the idea that the, really, you know, when Jan Jones said it was the girliest book that DC's ever put out, I mean, Green Arrow is by far the girliest part of that book with his, you know, <laughs> fancy dining habits and his desire for a non-costumed wedding. And all of that stuff, yeah. you know, that was sort of the surprising part of the story to me. Yeah, Green Arrow wants the opulent affair, and Canary wants them to just, you know, all their friends in the in the cave with the costumes. And... So, is it is it a must read though for the whole wedding kind of theme though? Uh, I mean, is it, did anything happen or no? I don't know. That it's a must read. It's basically it's 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 uh, finding the dress, finding you know the caterer, finding the you know it's 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 the wedding planner. It's pretty much yeah. just an, a, like a showcase for character interactions. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it, it enhances it, more than anything. It's not necessary, though. If you want to see, you know, a bunch of female superheroes going out and trying out lingerie, you know, then, then check now, this out. Now you're, the now hard sell. That's the hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not necessary. I think definitely you'll have to buy the wedding issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, oh, I plan to. Yeah, I will buy that. So, and as we all know, it's going to be crashed by uh, villains. super villains. Yeah, Deathstroke and yeah. Oh, of so, course, it has to be. Yeah. But you know, it's a wedding. <laughs> Yeah, or else they all going to be uh, gathered together. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Although, if you want to know who the wedding party is going to be in advance, you must read this book. Oh, uh, okay. Can you just tell me who it is? No, or? no, no. Okay. no. Fuck. Spoilers. We won't spoil that. We'll spoil, we'll spoil everything else. <laughs> everything but that. <laughs> the, the biggest wedding. secret of the year is the wedding party. <laughs> uh, so, um, but the one book I did pick up um, that I wasn't going to that actually Connor shoved in my face was Outsiders number 50. Um, I picked it up as well. Yeah? Did you read, Tom, I, did you read all of the previous Outsiders? I, I, I've been on and off on Outsiders. Um I, I get burnt out on Winnick really fast, and right oh. after, one year later, I sort of burnt out, but I was I was sort of intrigued by the introduction of Batman to it, so I picked up uh, Outsiders 50. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I didn't, I don't, the only Outsiders I read was the crossover of Checkmate. Um, yeah, I read that. So, that was yeah, so I knew that, but then I was, I too was intrigued by the Batman kind of angle to it. Um, the founder but I gotta say... Yeah, but I guess yeah, I know I knew the history of it. I knew that it was originally his team and all that. So, but I got to say reading this issue, now I now I can sympathize with everybody who always tells me that picking up the X-Men is hard. 
because there was just people who had relationships. I didn't know who anybody was. I didn't know what the history of it was. I felt very confused while reading it. Um, I got the general gist of it. I was able to follow it. But these are characters who, like, I don't even know, you know, the Amazon redhead and the, 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 the Katana woman and stuff like that. I've never, you know, like, I don't know who any of these people are so like, and, or what their relationships are. So it was, right. it was kind of fascinating from that regard. It was definitely a, a eye-opening moment for me in terms of just reading comics in general. <laughs> It'll make it interesting because, you know, it's relaunching as a number one. Right. Now in a month so we'll yeah. see if that carries over yeah this is this is sort of the wrap from the series the, the, the amazonian was a previous member of the team katana was a founding member of the yeah. outsiders it's it's an interesting choice to not explain that unless you're wrapping it up i guess and you are going to explain everything next month in the number one issue right. uh so we'll see i mean this was good i thought this was the final sort of um coming together of the team catwoman is shows up at the end sort of forces herself onto the team um but i think which is was aquaman in this he wasn't, was he? No. No, he wasn't. Was he supposed to be? He's on the team. He's on the cover for the next issue, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, so there's no water nearby. Well, there was the so, submarine. Why wasn't he there? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my, my one question, I haven't been keeping tabs on Martian Manhunter, but he's a Skrull? No, that's, Mar- Martians look more like that than humans. He always changes his appearance to yeah. make be more comfortable around humans. One year oh, later, okay. cri- Infinite Crisis and the uh, World War Three made him decide he wasn't going to kowtow to humans anymore. Yeah, it's it, oh, good it's sort of like the Martian equivalent of wearing sweatpants outside. Right. He just, <laughs> he just sort of gave up yeah. on, <laughs> on the illusion. I mean, what I liked about it, and the reason I always sort of picked up Outsiders and dropped it again, is I always thought for a book that should really have like a really tight purpose, it sort of drifted at times, and you couldn't really tell why. The character, they were, you know, they're supposed to be badasses, but it felt like mm-hmm. most of the time, like, they were in some separate universe where they weren't actually being badasses to anybody. They're bumbling, sort of. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't really make sense, but I think the one good thing that'll come of this is, it seems like they have an actual purpose for right. existing. So, I mean, I yeah. think that'll only help the book. Cool. Yeah, I like... Yeah, no, I, I might pick up the first issue. I think I was definitely intrigued by this, so... Huh. Nice. So we'll see. Cool. Um, and then from the pages of 52 comes Metal Men. Yeah, that's one of the ones I wanted to talk about, because I love the Metal Men. Um, <laughs> if you haven't been picking it up, it's on the second issue. Uh, it's written and drawn by Duncan Rouleau, uh, who also does the covers. Uh, it's, uh, you know, if you've read 52, the Metal Men, you know, they're all the various element metal elements. They're created by Dr. Will Magnus, who's a genius at making robots. And uh, the story is sort of following from 52 but it also involves a lot of time travel so you're seeing the metal men in the past and you're seeing will magnus's origin but you're also seeing the future um the basic story is that a will magnus from the future apparently thinks making the metal man wasn't such a great idea and <laughs> he's traveling through time destroying the metal man <laughs> but they keep coming back which if you've, if you've ever read the old metal man series is such a great joke because every issue they get destroyed <laughs> and then recreated. So you have a part where the future Will Magnus, his computer's telling him the metal men have popped up again. He's like, why? don't they know why they keep coming back? So now there's some sort of sinister subplot about how the metal men can keep surviving you know, forever. And it, it, the art is one of the, the great things to me. Uh, Rouleau has, uh, I guess, what you would consider sort of a cartoony style, but it fits perfectly for the metal men because the metal men can change shape they can yeah, they're, they're or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it fits rem- perfectly into that. I remember Rouleau was on the old Alpha Flight back in the '90s, and I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. And he's sort of taking you on a, a real cool tour too. You get to see all the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Metal Men have some ridiculous villains, like the Balloonatic, 
which is just a, <laughs> a runaway a giant balloon who is terrorizing the city by tying everyone to you know helium balloons. And, you know, I mean, it, it, and it's got elements of humor, and it's also got you know the metal men defeat people using science. You know, like yeah. sodium mixed with this will cause it to become heavy. You know, and, and that's sort of the whole tone of this book. But uh, I mean, I'm loving it. But I I love wacky out there stuff too. So is it is it a limited or an ongoing? It's eight issues. Um, yeah. I hope that it sells well enough that they would consider doing it again. But uh, yeah. you get to see tons of robots too. Elron, who I haven't oh. seen in a long time since the old Justice League makes an appearance. Wow. So I'm loving it. Pick cool. it up. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Does Booster awesome. Gold show up at all? Because he's also time traveling after fifty two. No, but I, I mean, I expect uh, I expect them to run into each other. They'll probably run into Ray Palmer together. All right. <laughs> okay. Cool. So that was the week in books. I think I don't really think anything else really stood out. Um, no, it was no. rather lackluster. I thought in general. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Okay. There wasn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get. I got like eight or nine books. It wasn't that big for me. So yeah. I got twelve. So let's move on to our uh, to our listener email. Um, our first email comes from Nick, um, and Nick was just rereading Civil War, and although he liked the concept, his second reading raised a question. One of the purposes was to create these two opposing sides that were both right in their own ways, basically to create a huge morality play in which fans would find themselves supporting different sides, both believing the heroes are right. Um, both believing their heroes are right. Their, their heroes are right. In this, I feel it kind of it kind of crapped the boat. I mean, seriously, anyone who read these books can't come away supporting Iron Man and not supporting Cap. Was this because of the disconnect between comics and reality? In other world, in other worlds, because we know the Stanford incident was fictional, did it limit the reader's ability to emotionally connect with the pro registration side, or was it just poor writing, or was it the hist- was it history slash our emotional connections with the characters? In other words, if Captain had been pro registration, would it have made the fans lean more to the pro reg side? I don't believe this really. I like Spider Man, but when he was pro reg, I still didn't feel any connection to the pro reg side. Hope this makes sense. If not, here it is in short. Did Civil War, fa- Civil War fail to create the morality play dynamic it sought because there was no emotional connection to the Stanford incident, or was the writing just bad? I've been thinking about this all day. I'm, uh, my girlfriend is fine, so I have a lot of free time to sit around. And think about- I, think, I think there's there's sort of two things going on here. Uh, in the morality play, I don't think necessarily – people want to root for the underdog, you know, so people are going to go for Captain America, but – the morality play isn't necessarily that both sides are emotionally equally right. You just have to make it that the pro-red side has some sort of intellectual reasoning behind what they're doing. So, I mean, if you're emotionally attached to the anti-registration side, it's going to be hard for you. I- I've seen people on the Internet, and I've talked to people who agree with Iron Man. So it's not necessarily that there's no one out there's there. There's some. There are definitely some. Yeah. There's definitely some people out there. So it wasn't. I don't think it was a complete failure. I mean, the the thing the thing about it though is that is that I think that they, if you go to conventions, you hear them talk about it. They will get very defensive and point out that they made equal time for both sides. I don't think that's true. Exactly, and 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 I think that they kind of know that they kind of drop the ball there. I you know, get the pro, I get the pro red side, and it, it is the more intellectual side versus emotional, where the you know the non pro reg, you know the 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 anti registration is more emotional. But I don't think they made it equal in terms of you know in making me understand and root for Iron which Man. Which is funny. Well, know? no, that's true. But I think a lot of people that when Civil War was going on, we had a lot of people on our board saying. Um, why are they spending so much time on the pro-reg side? I'm not getting any of the anti-reg's side of the story. So I think you take into it what you bring. You know, like, you yeah. take out of it what you bring into it. It's, it's, 
people who felt like the pro reg side was wrong, I think, felt like the anti reg side was getting the short shrift. People who thought the anti reg side was wrong thought the pro reg side was getting the short shrift. I, th- I know from the, all the cons I went to, they, they said, realistically speaking, if this was real, no one here would be anti reg. And I don't know that that's necessarily true, well, but probably. Well, I mean, realistically speaking, Iron Man was running late the whole time, too. <laughs> you know, so maybe if they were putting up the books on time, you would have seen more. Yeah, understood it. Yeah. You know, well, also stuff in there too. Also, realistically speaking, I live about five miles from Stanford, and that town has not been the same. <laughs> it's still devastated. It's still yeah. No, you and feel honestly, it. It's just that it happened. Air, you wouldn't yeah. have been that upset about it. Yeah. No. Exactly. Stanford's kind of a shithole. So. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Classroom if you live in Stanford. after classroom of ugly, ugly children. Exactly. Maybe if I didn't get stuck in traffic every time I drove through Stanford, I'd have a better opinion of it. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. They, they, they I just like the fact that it, I like the fact that it's a year later and we're still talking about it. I mean, I think uh, on that level, if you, uh, it succeeded. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you're yeah. still thinking about it, then they obviously did do something. Yeah. yeah correct. So. They succeeded in, in what they set out to do, which was change the status quo of the Marvel universe. If you're reading yeah. the Avengers books. Yeah, everything yeah, else, everything nothing else really seems to, seems different. Eh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, some places, <laughs> some places it does. You feel it, but you, it's not not as you know me being the continuity nut, not as much as I'd want to feel it. But still, anyway. Which is really fun. Right. Let's just move on. Next, next. No more Civil War. Greg from Baker Bakersfield, California, says I haven't been a comic fan that long, but I was wondering if there are any crossovers from different companies like Marvel and Dark Horse or IDW. The reason I asked is because I was listening to an MP3 interview with Joss Whedon, and someone called in and asked if he would ever consider doing an astonishing X-Men Buffy the Vampire Slayer crossover. I think it's a dumb idea, but doing a Buffy Blade crossover or crossing Blade with Angel or Spike, now that's something I'd love to see. But realistically, what are the chances of seeing something like that? Depends on how many issues they can sell. Yeah. Well, it all, yeah, it depends on how much money changes hands and stuff like that. The, th- the thing with Buffy is that it might get complicated between, I don't know what the ownership of the character looks like in terms of, like, you know, is there a production company bigger than Whedon behind it, like 20th Century Fox or something, you know what I mean? Like, is there, you know, that the, basically the things that get away in those fun crossovers, gets in the way of the fun crossovers that we all want is the legalese, is who, who gets the money from the profits and how do you split it and who publishes what and who does, you know, and that sort of thing. But that doesn't mean um, that doesn't happen. We have, we've had, oh, yeah. we've had non-Marvel DC crossovers. We had the very famous X-Men Star Trek. Uh, you, beat, you beat me to the punch. My all-time favorite crossover, uh, the X, X-Men original series Star Trek crossover was fantastic. So. Um, I've always really enjoyed the um, Starman, Batman, uh, Hellboy crossover, oh, which I thought was really well done. But I mean, yeah, there's there's plenty. There of was there was also Batman, a couple of Batman Predator miniseries, Batman Aliens. Yep, uh, I remember that. And then there was the awful Superman Batman Aliens Predator one, yeah. which just recently came out. And everyone loses in that one. one of my, yeah, <laughs> nobody wins. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite ones though was the Superman Madman one, which was awesome. Which was a lot of fun. So um, to see Mike Allred do Superman was was a Something blast. Something else so. too, wasn't it? That was that was. Oh, right now there's the New Avengers Transformers crossover. Yeah. Right, which is just crazy because it doesn't exist in any universe. Right. <laughs> if you're reading it, Captain America's in it. It's like it's just it's bizarre. It's not the movie Transformers. It just makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's just, like who is like anyone that's uh, any kid that went to the Transformers movie is going to pick this yeah. up and be like. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, and anybody who reads and anybody who reads New Avengers is like, what? What? Like, <laughs> are you reading it? Is Bumblebee a beetle? In it? I, I, dro- I dropped it after the second issue, but yeah, it's classic car- cartoon Transformers. Bumblebee That's even is even a more confusing in it, yeah. for kids. Um, 
And then there was yeah, the way cr- way back. There was the Spider Man Transformers crossover in the eighties. I mean, there's always there has been definitely non Marvel DC crossover. My second favorite crossover of all time was um, Spider Man Backlash Ugh. from with Wildstorm, by, yes. drawn by Brett Booth. It was awesome with the Ben Riley Spider Man. It was really good. I, I, so. I think the thing with those crossovers is um, just they're the ultimate nerd moment of seeing two characters come together. So it's just for fun. You know, so that's how you have to kind of take a look at those things. Also, if you ever read Top Ten, it's basically one long crossover in the background. Oh, I, I was just talking about that last night and how much I love Top Ten. Yeah, Everybody shows up in the background in Top Ten, so it's kind of like one yeah. long crossover. You have to love any sort of joke about crisis involving cats, super mice and super cats. Fighting <laughs> <laughs> in an apartment. <laughs> oh god excellent all right cool well that's our listener email so um if you have any questions for us you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com um we love to get your messages and we are we might take a long time but we get back to everybody so eventually. we'll be using the show or not eventually Some, sometimes so. we take so long because we like to watch movies and we get those movies on netflix <laughs> uh netflix steve tom was always a labored uh, transition and that was the one for this show uh, Netflix has over 75,000 titles There are no late fees, you get free shipping both ways There's really fast delivery, I get my movies usually in a day After I, they, they arrive to, uh, Back at Netflix uh, Plans start as low as four ninety nine a month And if you go to www.netflix.com Slash iFanboy, you get a two week free trial So we highly recommend it www.netflix.com Slash iFanboy For Netflix Yay so. Yay Hey, movies. All right. So, um, okay. So uh, now up to the voicemail. We just got one uh, voicemail this week. And, um, well, no, we got from, more than one. Well, we got more than one, but we picked one for the show this week. Wait, are people and still it, having problems with the 30 seconds? Yeah, some people are. Some people also, we got a, we were, we're seeing a problem with a lot of people calling on cell phones and they come out too kind of crackly for us to use, unfortunately. Screaming. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you hear me? But, um, but our next voicemail comes from Tom's neck of the woods. Hmm. What's up, my fanboys? It's uh, Kyle from Chicago again. Uh, Ron, thanks for the t-shirt at Chicago, by the way, at Wizard World. Um, but, yeah, I was just had a question. I was just driving along thinking, uh, what do you guys think of manga? I never really hear you guys talk about it much. I personally just got into it about a month ago. A friend turned me on to it. But uh, it seems like there's some decent stuff out there. I was uh, wondering what you guys think. All right, later. Tom, do you know Kyle? Uh, I think he stopped by the shop while we've recorded. I think he was had, there when Josh was there. When uh, we were eating Chicago style pizza. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw a guy, I hooked him up with the shirt at the at yeah. the, uh, the con. And oh my god, that pizza's so good, Tom. Alright, sorry. All right. <laughs> Did you have the crust that is made of sausage? No, I didn't. That sounds really good. Oh my yeah, god, uh, that exists? Yeah, there's a place, I think it's called Lou Maniotti's, that has a deep dish pizza where the crust... <laughs> Is sausage, and then afterwards they come and they give you an angioplasty. Yeah, you, you die <laughs> at you the die table. I think I have to come back to Chicago just for the sausage crust pizza. So insert a balloon it's, into your into your urethra, and, and you, become your more, urethra. you become morbidly obese uh, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> All right, so, so, um, so, what do we think of manga? Tom. Uh, <laughs> as I as I as I lead, uh, I've I've read a couple of things that uh, I, I've read Monster, I read the first volume of Monster, which I, I thought was okay. Uh, some people seem to love it. Uh, and I think it's... Um, what, Monster me, or manga? Monster. Okay. Yeah, some, <laughs> people manga. Manga. some people love manga, too. Uh, I didn't really get into it that much. I, 
but uh, I don't know. I guess it, maybe it's not have, for me. So I guess. Well, here's a question, Tom. Have you read Project X Challenger's Cup Noodle? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> you need to read that book. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the book about the history of Cup Noodle, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That I'll lend it to you. It does sound it's, interesting. I, I would, it's so good. I would, get um, that. I would pick that up. Well, the whole Project that, X Challenger series, Cup Noodle 7 Eleven and Dots in there are excellent. Yeah, they're amazing. That's, well, this, uh, I, mean, this, I think that's more up my alley than. <laughs> Monster or Death Note. I think that might be more my thing. Yeah. This is a prescient question because um, this this past week's uh, or yesterday's or whenever you listen to the show, video show, we actually d- deal with uh, manga. <laughs> you deal with it. We get rid of it. We got a similar question about you know what manga are we into yeah. and stuff like that. And and there's a whole. I'll be admittedly, I'm ignorant to the world of manga. Um, or manga, as I used to say, or how to pronounce it. Or, um, but um, I'm somewhat ignorant. I don't even, like, I've read Akira, and I watched Akira, and stuff like that, and I read the Cup Noodle, but all that stuff in between, I just don't get, and I have no interest in. <laughs> yeah, hey, so it's fine. It's, I think yeah, that, exactly. There's always that thing in comics where I think, and I, I mean, this happens with mainstream comics, too, where, like, people think that there's going to be some, there's going to be, like, one Lord of the Rings-style comic that uni- unites everyone. Underneath right. this banner, that like all people will love it. I don't right. know. I mean, I think that's the same with manga. No. Yeah. It's a hard sell to some people. I mean, if it's your thing, it's cool. You know, go with it. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, aside, you know, Cup Noodle and Project X is the one book that made me actually reconsider it as a medium. I'm you going know? to Amazon right now. Awesome. Can you go to ifanboy.com and click on the Amazon banner first? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, manga. I think my theory is always that that we are perhaps a few years too old for the you know manga in revolution that happened in comics. Yeah, it's people in their yeah, early twenties or teens or younger than us, you know, they, they're more of part of that wave of manga readers. Who, you know, yeah, we're just not them. Agreed. What's yeah, cool? Too just, old. We're too old. We don't get it. I can't read a book backwards. <laughs> oh my god! It, hurt my it, 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 that threw me <laughs> off. It, it totally <laughs> threw me off. I feel like my dad. I feel like you know my dad's like, well, who's Radioheads? I don't understand what this is. It wasn't so much reading the right to left in terms of the pages. I had a hard time following the 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 the, the panels. Yeah. yeah, it was like trying yeah. to write left-handed. It was just all weird. And as much as they think that that the little icon on the back cover that shows you read it like this with an arrow helps, it doesn't help at all. Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, it's supposed to erase your like two and a half decades of reading in a certain style. Like, exactly. Oh, well, all right, fine. Yeah, that's exactly how I'll read that. I'll read everything backwards from right to left. Makes sense. Oh, God. So, all right. So, if you have a question that you want to call in for us, you can call 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. Please send the voicemails. We'd love to receive them. So... All right, wow. I gotta admit, it was weird to do the show with some with somebody else. But Tom, you made it comfortable. Is it for adventurous? Us. Yeah, a little yeah, somewhat it feels a little dangerous, a little saucy. I can't uh, find um, the Amazon link on your Um so Tom, thank you. Oh, it was yep. great. Uh, um, I, this show is so much shorter than the one I do. <laughs> I got to do it from home, so well, that's good. That's that's because we try to have we try to have a social life aside from the podcast. Oh yeah, so yeah. That's, yeah. you don't ruin one night of your weekend and get tired and angry by the end. Why don't you? Well, why don't you take the opportunity to give us a few plugs for the people about around comics? Oh well, I mean, I I think it's pretty good. Well, what is it? For maybe right. people don't know what it is. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we don't we don't really, we don't really listen to around comics. Oh, okay. So if you could tell uh, us, that'd we be do good a too. Twice yeah. weekly show on a. Mondays and uh, Thursdays, uh, we do 
we talk about the news and comics. I said that with quotes, news. Uh, uh, you know, we we have our own uh, top of the stack, which is uh, not anything like pick of the week. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, uh, we do like creator interviews. Uh, it's it's definitely a different tone from the show. Uh, we can become extremely vulgar. So yes. <laughs> so if you're a child. I know that just made you want to listen to it even more. The problem is, it's, it's, it's funny because every now and then we kind of get concerned about our use of language, and then we listen to you guys. We're like, "Oh, we're fine." Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, some, we got an email from someone's like, "Oh, I wish someone complained about the use of language," and I was like, "Man, that's how I talk." Yeah, yeah. So, my so fuck you. So, yeah, yeah. You and your kid, you know. Uh, yeah, you can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> my girlfriend works worked for a union, so that I mean, that's how I'm. I'm used to like, you know. Teamsters swearing and cussing at each other. That's how I roll. Yeah. You know, I, I swear at people constantly. But I mean, it's not—it's not some sort of put upon, um, you know, Andrew Dice Clay style. That's—that right. is how I talk. So anyway, yeah. So around comics is—it's one of our favorite podcasts. Yeah. I was kidding it's before, a, but yeah. www.aroundcomics.com. So yeah, it's a good, definitely a good listen. Despite Scotty Young. So. Despite, oh. oh yeah, we've had this weird phenomenon of people emailing and saying the picking between me and Scotty. <laughs> Which if, you, well, people, if you really knew how the show worked, you'd realize we get along far better than any two people on the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's funny how people, you know, they 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 well, because you guys both bring the funny, and I could see why people want to, you know, align themselves with one. Or people so, who you know email in and say, "So and so podcast sucks, but you guys are great." I don't know. If it's like a new phenomenon, podcast, but whatever. <laughs> All right, so around comics, check it out. We highly recommend it. Yes. So, um, all right, so we got a lot of stuff to get through about our show. Um, so, Tom, if you'll indulge us for a moment. Oh yeah, um, go ahead. So, our hundredth episode is coming up. Dun, 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 dun. Woo. Um, we we really didn't want to make a big deal about it, but it looks like we're doing that now. So <laughs> it's, it's exciting. Um, so um, I w- I screwed up last week and said the wrong date, but if you went on ifanboy.com, you saw the correction. But on m- September twenty eighth, Friday night, you can come down to Jim Hanley's Universe in Manhattan on thirty third Street, and you can see us do the show live. Um, we're still working on all the details, but there's going to be a few special guests there. There might, there's going to be some creators in the crowd, some folks related to the, um, comic industry, not to say, you know, not to, you know, <laughs> put Peter on Don't set the bar too high. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, the guy who so, so it's, the comics. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's we're going to have some... Assistant editor month at my <laughs> <laughs> So, do you remember when Marvel did that, when they did edit, assistant editor month? Yes. That was a blast. Anyway, so anyway, so there'll be some cool free iFanboy stuff. We'll have stickers and that like, um, and we should have a good time. And then afterwards, we're gonna head over to a local bar and throw a little, have a little shindig, have a little party. So yeah. if you're in the New York metro area, please come down. We'd love to see you. It's gonna be really embarrassing if it's just the three of us there talking to ourselves. So um, don't uh, worry about it. I'm sure someone will show up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a good time. Yeah. The second announcement so. is um, uh, Josh, Ron, and I are gonna be guests on the Comic Book Club. Which is the talk, the live comic book talk show put on by the guys who do Pulp Secret? Uh, they do the stack. They do the stack over right, at Pulp Secret. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's September 18th at the People's Improv Theater in Manhattan. Tic- uh, tickets are five dollars, and so come down for 90 minutes of entertaining live comic book fun. It's 90. Are we on for all 90 minutes? I don't know. You guys need to start working on material. Yeah. I know exactly. Not writing. We're screwed. So if but you yeah, want to so see us live on a stage, uh, floundering around without yeah. the protection of a microphone, then uh, come on down. Only five bucks. It'll be a good time. Have fun. 
You should. Yeah, it would be nice to have, it would be nice to have some of the iFanboy faithful in the crowd to, to so somebody applause when we. You guys out. should just wear <laughs> USB headsets anyway. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> we can only do this if we do it. If we, if we need to be in separate rooms. We can't, look, we can't look at each other. <laughs> That's what happened when we first started doing it together in the same room. It's like stop looking at me. <laughs> yeah, it freaked us out. Why yeah, are you asking me? Why? <laughs> So those are so, um, episode 100 and the Comic Book Club live show on September 18th. Yeah, and you can head over to ifanboy.com, and there's a post at the top of the page about September updates and um, with all this information and directions and that sort of thing. So um, as well as there's some great discussion over at ifanboy.com. We post the pick of the week review every Wednesday night, um, and there you can read what other people bought, what they thought of, what the you know what the the nitpick of the week is, and go from there. We should do that the nitpick of the week. I think we do that already. People. Yeah, I think we do on the show. The show is. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much one huge nitpick. So. <laughs> anyway. uh, and if you like uh, shirts, we got them at jinx.com slash iFanboy. You can go there, buy iFanboy t-shirts, join the intern nation. And if you got one, uh, take a picture of yourself, send it in the Jinx. They put it up on the website, and they also send you a bunch of free stickers. Most, yes. most businesses require you to wear a shirt, so why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no shirt, no so- shoes, no service is often the phrase found in food establishments. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, and as mentioned previously earlier, you can email us at contact at, contact at ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And in case you weren't aware, we have a, uh, a video show that we do every week. Um, and just recently, um, we've changed schedules. Now released every Saturday. We're still working at the time, but usually it's in the afternoon, late afternoon. Um, so head over there. This week we've got a um, uh, the previous week the af- that that came out this past Saturday was was our kind of end of summer Labor Day special extravaganza at the pool. And then um, upcoming this week, we got a great, um, a great look at historical comics. I pro- and I promise this week we keep all of our clothes on. Oops. Yes. <laughs> I see. <laughs> uh, saucy. Uh, yeah. So. so, and if you uh, head over to our Frapper mat at frappr.com slash ifanboy, you can put a pin in the map and tell us where you're from. Join the fans on the map. Represent your location. Yep. And we can go to the various places online, like myspace.com slash ifanboy, comicspace.com slash ifanboy, uh, verb.com slash ifanboy, be our friend. You can go to Facebook. There's a f- ifanboy group. You can just search for that and join up that group. And also you can go to twitter.com slash ifanboy where we um, post our various comics thoughts as well as we have our personal Twitter accounts you guys can follow. So. And they're fascinating. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Hear me bragging about my Morrissey tickets. So, yeah. <laughs> Five shows, Tom. Five shows in New York. You're going to f- all five? All five. I had a special five-ticket, uh, five-show package deal. So. You, you know how many is... times I've heard about this? <laughs> I can't I, wait. I think I can guess. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> if, you guess. Like, if you like the show, though, I don't know why you would, you can go to podcastalley.com, <laughs> and you can write a uh, vote for us there. You can write a review on iTunes for this show and for the video show. Better and if you happen to be if you happen to be in iTunes, don't leave a review for On Comics. Leave a review for iFanboy. Yeah. Leave one for both. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. like, uh, uh, the, Two-parter. Um, the Harry Potter one. Ooh, if, ooh we should get both. Those? Have you ever seen the Harry Potter one? one uh, repeat part? I want someone to write a, uh, I, uh, I fanboy is okay, but around comics is the best. Oh, we've gotten a couple of those oh. like that. We, yeah, we've gotten some <laughs> like that. No, but what I would like to see, what Connor kind of mentioned is, somebody go, if you haven't written a review for iFanboy or Around Comics and listen to both, write a review that starts in iFanboy and ends in Around Comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the cliffhanger. At the yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I will, that, that, I will that, personally, that. if somebody does that and emails contact iFanboy claiming they did that and we can find it, we can prove you, well, I will send you stuff. I, I, I will send, send them you. something to you. 
Yeah, how about that? So there we go. Joint contest giveaway for my Fanboy Around Comics. Write a narrative that is serialized across our iTunes reviews. You will get free stuff from both shows. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we just sold ourselves. We just sold ourselves down the river. I'm just looking around <laughs> my apartment right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm looking for like old back issues. Someone's getting a case of so. maker. <laughs> 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 or the bread maker. <laughs> like old school. Uh, and if you feel like you want to donate some cash to the cause, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations or click on the donate box on uh, the website and you can uh, yeah. send some cash through PayPal our way. Totally. So, awesome. So, uh, Tom, thanks so much for filling in for Josh. We really appreciate it. Had a great time. And I have nothing to we- do with yeah, we, we've we, we've we've been we've been on your guys' show a couple of times now, so we wanted to return the favor. So well, thank um, you. Yeah, so uh, excellent. It was fun. Like I said, and and you know, we, Josh isn't back yet. He might not be coming back. If he so doesn't come back, Tom. Him. You know, yeah, Tom. You oh. know, we got an open seat. You I, know? Yeah, maybe. We're just saying. <laughs> we're offer you cash incentives. Well, this yeah, is exactly. the day when uh, University of Wisconsin didn't. Usually, by this time, I'm at a bar having just finished watching a Wisconsin game. And are you really dr- drunk and angry? I, I'm mostly looking at my phone and realize my girlfriend called me like four times in one hour. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm going to get home. <laughs> oh, good. All right, well, thanks again, Tom, and hopefully there's some sporting event that can make you angry today. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I get angry yeah, about so. everything, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> and don't forget to go to aroundcomics.com, check out Tom's good stuff, and go to ifanboy.com, check out our stuff. And um, Excellent. So um, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Tom. And he won't be back next week. (laughs) 